Welcome to the Captivating Leadership Podcast with Rebecca Livesey, where we explore the rise of feminine energy in life, leadership and business. This podcast is for you if you are a leader in business and corporate and you're struggling to find meaning in what you do and how you engage your team. So join us as we talk all things leadership, strategy and culture and how we value both the feminine and the masculine in men, women and society at large to make a difference in our workplaces. In this episode, I'm delighted to welcome back Nikki from Evergreen Coaching, and we're delving deep into the art of sales, which is Nikki's absolute speciality. So we talk about how the different energies, masculine and feminine, play out in sales, how we need to ditch the old school selling techniques. And we keep talking about used car salesmen, and we apologize to all used car salesmen out there, but it's a useful stereotype to use in terms of what we don't like or what people don't like about traditional sales. And also why sales is the ultimate in influence and that we all do it all the time when we are in leadership roles, because we are either asking for people's money or asking for people's time, attention and engagement. So, yeah, we go deep into sales. So enjoy. Today, we welcome back Nikki from Evergreen Coaching, and we are going to dive deep on one of her most favorite topics, the art of sales. So Nikki, in your business, you do many like sales workshops, mass- leadership masterminds around the art of selling. So tell us a bit about what you do, and then let's get into this sales thing. Excellent. So um, absolutely, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, I work with all sorts of businesses in a variety of different industries, with small groups, larger groups, really looking at unpacking and breaking down how this art of sales and selling uh, can help in business growth. Um, We work on an individual and a a team, a group level, because Mm. we really have a look at internal factors that can be holding people back in terms of connecting with clients um, and really truly being able to help them as well as the external strategy. So really in line with a lot of what we've talked about um, in that, you know, a lot of businesses and a lot of people believe that it's all about the strategies, the external strategies. And what I mean by that is the KPIs, the activity, how many conversations, et cetera, the the, uh, skills in effective questioning, which is fundamental and hugely important. However, often there's this big piece that's missing around our internal mindset, our internal dialogue around what sales actually means uh, to them, our beliefs, our values, etc. So if you're only focusing on the external, your success will only go so far, again, individually or as a business. Whereas if you can combine the both, that's where you can really accelerate your results. And for me, results means getting out to more people, helping more people. Um, so that's, yeah, just a little bit about what I do. (laughs) Awesome. So how do you think, cause you've been in sales a long time in various formats, whether you've been selling yourself or or teaching people how to sell. Yeah. What, what do you think has changed in the world of selling over the years? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think some of the fundamental things is that people, consumers are a lot more educated. People know more about what they're buying and therefore there's this more of a reliance on true connection and rapport building with people now there's certain elements that haven't changed for example the way that we human beings make decisions you know biologically how our brain works in terms of um, making buying decisions etc has not changed Mm. however if 
we don't have a compelling reason for our clients to work with us, it's very easy for them to go elsewhere, um, which also means this typical old school used car salesman approach. <laughs> and no offense to any used car salespeople out there, but you you know what I mean, yep. the stereotype. Uh, you know, can, it no longer flies. Whereas in the past, uh, I think you could get away with it a little bit more because there were limited options. Mm. Um, whereas now people will go elsewhere. It's very easy. If Just think about yourself. If you have an experience with someone and you get the inkling, the smallest inkling that they're trying to push you into something mm. or if it feels a bit icky, mm. you go, yeah, no thanks. I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. Because it's very easy. We've got so much at our fingertips. We can jump online and find another provider. I think that's a fundamental thing that has absolutely changed. And for me personally, I think that's wonderful because really what that ultimately means here, Beck, is that we are embracing more of the feminine mm. in our sales uh, process and cycles as opposed to only focusing on that masculine. Yes. You know, even when we use the analogy around the used car salesman, it's a very Man, masculine yeah. energy, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas now we're, we're looking at salespeople. I think also we're seeing more women in sales roles. Oh, yeah. I don't believe that it's equal yeah. uh, in terms of you know numbers, etc. And I don't have any stats on that. But even when I look at you know certain workshops that I facilitate or you know all the research that I read, etc., um, we're definitely seeing more women and and women being very successful in sales because it's not this hard push approach that we have been taught or thought that is the way to go yeah. in the past. And for people who are tuning in and thinking, oh, this doesn't impact me, I'm mm. not a salesperson, yes. what, what would you say to them if they're in business or in corporate? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I truly believe we are always selling something. <laughs> we're always yeah. selling ourselves. Um, we are always selling an idea. Yeah. If, even if you're not a direct sales person or sales consultant, I tell you what, if you are in leadership, you are absolutely in sales because you're selling an idea, you're selling buying, you're selling culture, you're selling vision, mission, purpose, um, which is obviously equally as important as the people that are out there selling the product and service and getting clients on board. Um, so I think that's a very, very fundamental thing. We need to break down this stigma around sales. And we are also, we're all in the business of selling. When I was in a leadership role, I actually would joke about the fact that I was selling more than when I was at the coalface as a sales consultant. Yes. It's, yeah. it's just the way it is. Because I suppose when you're selling at the coalface and it's an exchange of money and thing. Yeah. When it's in a leadership role, you're getting hundreds of people over the line yeah. on an idea. So actually, it's quite that can be really tricky. Absolutely, it absolutely can. And particularly if so, the thing here is if you're creating an awareness, if you if you're resonating with this and thinking, "Wow, actually, I'm in a leadership role. That's so true. I'm selling buying and engagement." Mm. Having that awareness first up is great because now what you can do is apply some different methodologies and tools and techniques to get even more buy-in from people. And I love this. This is a platform for us to be able to, again, we talk about our values and what yeah. we're here to do um, and truly create a positive difference and create positive change in the world. So if you, if you embrace this concept of selling and influencing, and if you use this for good, not for evil people, <laughs> use it for good, like, wow, you know, your voice will magnify. It's interesting you talk about good and evil there. <laughs> I think a lot of people wouldn't always associate selling an influence. Like you just threw that in a sentence yeah. there. Like it's just a thing that happens. Yeah. I think that a lot of people associate selling and manipulation. Yes. Yes. And so like what what's the difference, mm, do you think? Definitely. And it's um 
And manipulation definitely has this very negative um, connotation as well. And uh, again, this so this comes back to the beliefs that we have mm. around uh, our mindset, around what we believe selling to be. Because honestly, if we took the word selling out of this conversation and, in, and um, maybe we replaced it with influencing, or for some people that would resonate with more, for others it wouldn't. Mm. Persuading could be another mm. one. Manipulation, convincing, all of these different things. Um, and that comes down to our individual meaning that we've attached. We, we talked about meaning, you know, that we attach things. I believe that was in our Hustle with Heart podcast. <laughs> it's come up a lot yes, because it's a common yeah, thing. Completely, yeah. So stories we tell ourselves. The stories we tell mm. ourselves. And that's based on our experiences. You know, if you've, if you've had an experience where somebody's tried to sell you something in a really negative way, then you attach the meaning to that and you think unconsciously, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person. Mm. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. You've got to check in and think, well, what is my meaning and definition around this? Um, when we have a look at good versus evil, <laughs> it's, it's incredible because I've had people in some of my workshops who say, because what we do is we break down and we have a look at strategies and human behavior mm. to look at how can we influence people in a more effective way? And there's there's simple things that you can do. And um, you know, if you're looking for one, jump online and, and Google Simon Sinek's Golden Circle. Yes. Why? How? What? It's a there's a five minute and an eight minute, eighteen minute version of the video. You, you're familiar yes. with it. Love it. Yes. I mean, it's such a great way. Starting with the why, you know, and if we understand the way that people think, we can get buy in more effectively. Now, some people will even say, or I can see, feel when I'm working with them. Hang on, this is manipulation. This is tricking people yeah and interesting do they say tricking that's what they think well i don't know i think i have had yeah, somebody wow. say yeah. that which is why i joke about this well you know it's, it's understanding the way that we think and i truly believe that if you've got a mission and a purpose and a product or service or if you're wanting to create change as a leader wouldn't we want to know how to do that most effectively it's not actually tricking people it's knowing how to talk to them in a way that they understand that they connect and they appreciate because remember we can never make anybody do no. something and it is this this view of manipulation or tricking people mm. isn't it also uh, there's a belief there that somehow you can take someone's power away yeah, from them. Yeah, exactly. Which is really insulting. It is really insulting, and it's actually doing a disservice yeah. to that person. I mean, and think about the times that we've tried to make our partners, our wives, <laughs> our husband, our children's, we've actually tried to make them do something. It doesn't work, people. As much as we might want to. Exactly. <laughs> we have tried so hard and it doesn't work. Yeah. So, you know, you can't make anybody do something. So, in fact, it's about understanding, however, how you can create the biggest impact. And what I mean by that is um, speak to them in a language that they understand and is meaningful for them. Mm. Uh, now, this, what I'm about to say, will push some people's buttons. Oh, go for it. Love it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So here's the thing. People want to be sold to. Mm. We all want to be sold to. Why? We just want to be sold to well. Right. Okay, so I'll unpack yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I can this. see I the like look this. on your face. Oh, I like this. Yeah. I, know you're, you're, I can see your brain stretching. Yeah. You're wrapping around this one. What I mean by that is, do we need toilet paper? Yes. Yes. So we do want someone to sell us toilet paper, don't we? <laughs> because that's a need that we have. Yeah. Do we need for some of us if we choose to drive a car? Mm. That's a need that we have or a desire. Uh, if we are maybe unwell and we want to have some lemons and some, you know, we're not growing it in the garden. That's a problem that we help uh, that we have. We want to make some lemon tea, some lemon soup. That's a problem that we have that those buying those products will help solve. Mm. 
So in fact, we do have needs. I always break it down. It could be a problem that we're helping mm -hmm. to solve, a need that we're helping to fulfill, or a desire that we're helping to fulfill. And if we're not there selling those products, we're not fulfilling those needs. Mm. But the reason that statement pushes people's buttons is because we have attached meaning behind sold to. Yes. And then we think pushy car salesman. Yes, or outside whatever our that control is. as well. Outside our yeah. control, being forced to do something. But in fact, we've got needs that need to be fulfilled. Mm. So we do want to be sold to on some level. Yes. <laughs> but we want to be sold to well. Yeah, that's a good distinction, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yes. And if we're breaking down how to sell to somebody well, it's understanding what their true desires, needs, problems mm. are and finding a way to communicate that in a way that connects with them and they feel good about the decision and it logically it makes sense as well. So I suppose where some people will be thinking is that what happens when we manufacture the problems for people? Oh, great point there. <laughs> so, so I think some people feel mm. that they'll meet a salesperson and they didn't have a problem yes. and then they walk away with a problem. <laughs> yes. Yes, the whole create a problem. Yes. And when you and honestly there's many different types of sales um trainings and forums and work, you know all of that out there. And sometimes the language can be around create the problem, which I fundamentally disagree with. But the thing I'd say to that is you can never create or manufacture a problem. What, what you can do is shine a light on the problem. Mm. How on earth can you create a problem for somebody? That's their world. Yes. What you can help do is highlight or show, shine the light on, this is a potential situation or scenario, and this is how we could, if it's the right fit for you and it's the right fit for us, how we can help you solve that problem. And so if it's not, that's okay. Yeah, so you're still leaving the control or the answer with the person. Yeah, yeah it's just shining it or look, shining a light on it or looking at it in a different perspective. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So if we let's look at this from a leadership point of view. Um, let's just say you've got somebody in the team that's underperforming in mm. whatever capacity. That's an actual problem that's there. They might not be aware of it. There may be no self-awareness around that. So this is another example of how you're shining the light on a problem that's there. Yes. So the problem is they're underperforming. If they don't improve, then, then their job might be at risk mm. or at, at the very least their job satisfaction and engagement and culture, etc. If you don't have that conversation with them and shine the light on their problem yeah. and they're not aware of it, how do you help them fix that, turn it around? Yeah. You haven't created it. That problem was there. And if you don't then work with them on that, you're doing a disservice. And that analogy is exactly the same when you're selling a product or service to somebody. Yeah. Because if they need whatever that is and they don't realize it, it doesn't mean that they don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. What well, do you I, think? Well, I agree. And I, I love the leadership analogy because you're not just doing a disservice to the person because as a leader, you're also there to help people learn and grow. Yeah. You're doing a disservice to the culture. Absolutely. Because if you let one thing fester, yeah. you're actually saying, I don't care about the environment that I've created. Absolutely. So Absolutely. And the standards around that. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. Yes. And it can be easier for people to grasp it in that scenario, in the leadership scenario. And then the question that I'd ask is, well, how is that different if you're if you're selling a product or service instead of the idea or how you can help because money is involved yes <laughs> okay great point and, and money great has point. all kinds of stories and meanings as like selling does that's money's it. got its own little energetic pulse for people absolutely it's such a great distinction and a lot of the work i do with people up front is looking at right what's the meaning and definition that we give to sales or selling or those words because really it's just a word 
then we also talk about what are our beliefs and our stories around money because when money is involved it changes everything and if you are in the business of exchanging a service or product for money um, a big pitfall can be in the process right we get to the point of money and I just don't even want to continue the conversation anymore I feel so uncomfortable I don't want to talk about money I don't want to ask for money Ah, I don't want to tell you how much it is yes Yes. Isn't it interesting? It is very interesting. And if we can be aware of that first, the beautiful thing here is we can change the Mm. story. We can change the belief. We must first be aware, know what that is, and then find a way to replace it. We need to remove it. And of course, as we know, replace it with something that's more resourceful. One of the big learnings I had uh, early on when I started my business around money and selling, I didn't know I had this until obviously you go through (laughs) things and go, oh God, I've got a belief there that's not serving me. Well, I realized that I was being completely disrespectful to the people I was selling to because I'd already assumed whether they were going to buy or not. And so I would think, oh, this thing I've got is a bit expensive and therefore, you know, Mm. they're probably not going to buy it and blah. And all of this story I was telling myself actually was a huge disservice Mm. and a distrust of them and their decision making. Mm. And maybe they wouldn't buy because it wasn't for them or it was too expensive, whatever. But that wasn't my stuff to put on them. And so I had this moment, I go, oh, I need to turn my belief into I completely respect the people that I sell to to make the right call for them. Yeah, that's that's a great turnaround because just like we can't make them do it we can't make them not do it as well you know we can't assume we're we're taking that that empowered decision away from them yeah um a key thing here i want to talk about with the money piece is that it's never actually about price it's always about value Mm. so think about you never spend money on something that you don't value well, you never spend money and feel good about it afterwards as well. Like, you know, we want to make sure that the whole process, and this is where the masculine and feminine energy comes in to the entire process of selling. Because yeah. if you balance both, then your clients and customers will, and team members will walk away feeling like, okay, I'm, I feel good. So that's the, um, the emotional side of thing. I feel good about what I did. It's, it's for a reason. It's for a purpose. And logically, it makes sense. Yeah. If you don't balance the logic with the emotion, um, which you could actually look as, at as masculine could and do, feminine, yeah. that, that could be an yeah. overlay. That's where people can walk away feeling like they have buyer's remorse. Yeah. So that's when they've, the, which worked, the logic worked, but the, the emotion wasn't there. So buyer's remorse would be that the emotion worked, okay. but the logic didn't right. work because I can't justify it. Like think, have you ever felt had buyer's remorse back? So I bought too many shoes, drank too much <laughs> yes, wine, probably, yeah. ate too much pizza, right? That's a, I, I'm putting my hand, I'm putting two hands up right now. So I don't know if anyone can resonate. You've gone shopping, you get home and go, oh my God, I bought what too much. I but do you know what? I saved $200 because there sale. was a sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is actually this emotional versus logical playing out real life. Yeah. Or oh, I shouldn't have had that extra glass of wine, but I had a really big day at work, so I deserved it. Yes. <laughs> The pizza, I shouldn't have eaten that pizza, but I went to the gym three times. So you know what? I earned this. Yeah. So that's, we've made a decision emotionally because we actually make decisions emotionally Mm. and then we usually justify them logically. And that's where you have a well-rounded balance of the two. Yeah. So if you can bring that to your clients or your team where they feel good, there's an emotional decision they've made and there's a logical good reason for it. It could be justifying a return on investment. Return on investment could be um, money coming back, but Mm. there's an emotional return on investment as well. So that's how you can balance and have that holistic uh, approach to emotional versus logical and and bringing some of that masculine and feminine. But the, the, the key thing here as well is just trust that if you can show the value, yeah, 
people will not spend money on things they don't value. If it's too expensive, it's because they don't value the problem, desire, need you're having to fulfill and solve versus the outgoing of the investment. Yeah, and there's there's things you can do there about how do you show the value because maybe you didn't communicate it. But also it just could be where they're at in their life and decision making. And yeah. Yeah. So exactly, what do you do when you're in your workshops and yeah. you've got? We keep banging on you about used car salesman. I'm sorry. To all, I know. Like, I know. It's just such a useful, yes. like stereotype. It's to an use. easy yeah. old school ter- stereotype. Yeah. Let's go old, old school. school. Sales. Yes. So when you've got old Not, school sales, yes, thinki- <laughs> thinking in your room. Yeah. How how do you handle that? Like what what? Yeah. Can, can you dissuade them out or like how? How do you sell to them? That's my challenge, yes. isn't it? Because again, you know, again, we're always selling. We're selling an idea, mm. a concept. If, if anybody out here does things like workshops with their teams or, or any of that sort of stuff, that's selling, that's selling on steroids, really, yeah. isn't it? Um, it's very interesting because I get a variety of different people in the room. And sometimes, as you say, it can be people that have this, um, let's go old school mentality. And it can be because that's what they've learned. Yes. It could be because naturally perhaps they're more masculine energy type. Uh, and so therefore they find it easier, which is this tell yeah. versus ask. So we need to ask questions, understand people's drivers and needs and, and how truly we can help them, not just tell them. And sometimes I see the wall go up. I see the skepticism, the closed, folded arms. the folded arms and the leaning back. I would probably say, though, in all honesty, majority of the people that are in the room, like I'll ask questions like who here wants to do um, pushy, hard selling, hardcore sales and nobody puts their hands up. But you can see there's a couple sometimes that are like, "Mm, I'm not sure about this almost fluffy approach to sales. By fluffy, I'm talking building relationships and uncovering a need. (laughs) The feminine energy slide. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's still a strategy behind it. But if it's only strategy, that's when it becomes that masculine. I Look, I think sometimes they, if I can just plant a seed, then that's a great thing. Um, but, but conversely, by contrast, the other types of people that come in are oftentimes those people who are naturally more feminine and are very adverse to sales. I don't want to be a salesperson. Yeah. And there's almost this relief around, oh, I don't have to be that. I don't have to be pushy, fake, hardcore sales. I can create a genuine connection. And look, I'd say that sometimes the skeptical people find that as well. Mm. It's like, I can let let, let go of let this go, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. create real connections. I do want to say in that it is a combination of the masculine and the feminine. It is a combination of having a strategy and a conversation with purpose yes. as well as embracing that wild side of that connection. Because if we have too much of the feminine, which is building that relationship, that rapport, that genuine care for how I can help, then sometimes you'll have great relationships. <laughs> it may not positively affect the business growth. Yeah, no, no results. That's right. So it's a balance. It's a combination of the yeah. two. And, you know, remember the more that your business succeeds, the more you have this platform to keep doing what it is that you do. Yeah. And I think that's key in everything we talk about on this podcast is that we want the balance of both. Mm. And I talk about we've undervalued the feminine for mm. a long time in men mm. and women. And leadership going forward and business going forward is this how do you bring both in and how do you intertwine and use the magic of both? Yeah. And I think what you're saying in um, sales, maybe sales is a bit of ahead of everyone else and they recognize that we need to start doing this. Yeah. Because I, I don't know about you, but when you have the overly masculinized view of sales or the dysfunctional masculine, 
Um, you know, you sit there and you go, I know I'm being sold to. I know that these are yeah. like scripted closing statements that people are supposed to. And it feels awful because yeah. there's no connection. Yeah. And you just feel like people are that they're just trying to take from you rather yeah. than connect with you. Absolutely. And that's and, and I think you might be onto something there in that um, sales is a little bit forward thinking in that there is this understanding of the both. It doesn't mean that there's not people out there doing the old school way. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and I love it when people try to sell to me in any capacity because I'm like yeah baby bring it on I'm on the phone and I've had one recently and I can hear the script that they're yeah. reading and I think oh so it, let's just use that for a quick example around you know it's great that there's foresight and thought to what are the key messages that I need to say yes, a good strategy a good strategy that, yeah. yes and instead of scripting think of what are three key messages or bullet points that I want to get across to this person that I'm calling or speaking to but instead of it being a big paragraph of scripting, think of what the key messages are and then focus on sharing those key messages in your own authentic way. Mm. But that is a perfect example of embracing that feminine and masculine in one little part of a, could be a sales conversation for a product or service, but again, that could be you're rolling out a change to a team, you know, and you're thinking, okay, what are the key messages I need to share here to get by and why is this great for them? Yes. Instead of sitting there reading off a piece of paper, these are all the things that are happening with the change. Yes. So a really good little example is my breathing. <laughs> I love this. You have that's a my breathing, breathing alarm. Yeah. I love it because uh, Nikki recently went to Tony Robbins and one of the learnings that came out was like, let's have a, what, so you breathe every... Well, I... I just adapted this yes so it's a reminder to do a deep belly breath yes. um, because we often go through life breathing the shallow breath yeah. breathing from our chest um, and if you've ever seen a baby you know the way they breathe their oh, belly, the belly goes yeah, out yeah and so I have an hourly reminder <laughs> I love it. full transparency it's awesome it's come yes. up right now. <laughs> <laughs> so guys remember to breathe i mean this is an important point <laughs> and just yeah bring awareness to your body and, and breathing from the belly instead of that that um, shallow breath yeah, yeah. yeah. grounding it's, it's a grounding exercise <laughs> Yay. um so i have no idea what we were talking about but that was an important the, message you're saying, you're saying about don't script stuff take the key oh, yeah, messages right. and yes. use it to connect yeah, like that's the right. message the messages are there yeah. for the strategy but the connection is there yep. to actually build the whole rapport piece exactly mm. and then you've got you've got the, the best of those both worlds and you know if we, that's just isolating one little part of having an effective conversation with somebody which really is all sales is. <laughs> it's having a great conversation with people to see how you can help honestly it's that simple but sometimes it's not that easy for us mm. so it's looking at what else you can do to simplify in that way that it's yes there's a strategy and how do i do it so that there's a true connection and rapport Wonderful. Thank you so much, Nikki, for sharing all of your insights on, on sales and selling. I think there's another podcast in this <laughs> yeah. where we look at this issue that people have around selling their thing for money. Yeah. And like, if, especially if you do work that's like making a difference, mm. do, is, is it bad to sell stuff mm. like that for yeah, money? Yeah, I love it. So Let, we're, like, we're going to have that one. Let's <laughs> definitely do that. Let's talk about turning your passion into profit, oh, baby. That, that's it. I, I could talk about this for hours. Yes. That's <laughs> another sometimes <laughs> thanks again Nikki really thank appreciate you. all your insights there it's brilliant thank, thank you thank you so much Beck. thank you Nikki for joining me it's always an absolute pleasure to have you on this podcast you are truly our super special guest and if you'd like to connect with Nikki and find out more about what she does her website is evergreencoaching.com.au 
and she is absolutely passionate about working with businesses to break down the stigma attached to sales and her mission is to inspire growth and better business. She also has a Facebook page called Evergreen Coaching where you can pop along and say hello. Thank you for listening to the Captivating Leadership Podcast with Rebecca Livesey. If you enjoyed this episode, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review as this helps us spread the message and keep the conversations going. If you'd like to find out more about Rebecca's work, go check out her website on AchieveLeadSucceed.com where you can sign up to receive her ebook on the five C's of feminine energy and a video of Rebecca talking about leadership and feminine energy. And we've also got a Facebook group where we talk about all things leadership and culture, particularly around masculine and feminine energy. And that's called Captivating Leadership. So you're very welcome to join us there too. See you soon. Mm-hmm.